This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast, and we are presented by BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, including not only the NFL playoffs this upcoming weekend, but the College Football Playoff National Championship game. Why not? Put a little something-something on that game. Just make sure you use the promo code PODCAST1 so you get a 50% welcome bonus. He is Matt Waldman, an absolute stud. We'll be going to the Senior Bowl soon. you got to follow him on Twitter, at Matt Waldman, like I do. He is the creator of the Rookie Scouting Portfolio. Football guys, senior staff writer, he is awesome. Matt Waldman, RSP.com is what you need to know about. Matt Waldman, RSP.com. That is how you get the rookie scouting portfolio. And now is as good a time as any to make sure that you are signed up to get that. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, bunch of podcasts, bunch of other jobs. I don't know what it is. I guess I can't hold down any one thing, but I got a lot of media jobs, a lot of teams in the NFL, a lot of podcasts. I'm a volume player at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter, Instagram, etc. You can also check out all of our shows at RTF Podcast. Matt, we're going to do things a little bit differently today. And I'm really looking forward to it. You and I were talking on the phone. We got the national championship game coming up. And it is the most watched game, most eagerly anticipated, and rightfully so. We're all fired up for the Battle of the Tigers, LSU, and Clemson. And so what we wanted to look at are some of the pro prospects, and there's a lot of them, in this game and their specific matchups and kind of break down their matchups, what we should be looking for, what we're expecting so that all of our great listeners, when they're watching the national championship game, can get a pretty good feel for what they should be watching based on what you tell them, Matt, you ready to do it? Yeah, absolutely. Cause it's going to be so much fun. I mean, it's kind of strength on strength, which was what you would hope for in a national championship game. Absolutely. So, we'll start with Clemson's cornerbacks, A.J. Terrell and Darian Kendrick, going up against Joe Burrow and their receivers, Jamar Chase, Terrence Marshall, Justin Jefferson. 
What do you think about this matchup? Clemson's corners against LSU's receivers and really their outside receivers, you know, when those guys are on the outside. Absolutely, because this is where the strength on strength is really going to be kicking in the high gear because we've talked about Terrell, we've talked about Justin Jefferson, and when you add in Chase in there and Terrace Marshall and even Darian Kendrick, the the cornerback for Clemson, what you get are you know guys who are really good either at playing the outside as receivers and winning jump balls or guys who are really good at defending speedy outside receivers with physical play and physical play at the catch point. And Terrell, you know, he's a long-arm, physical, fluid cornerback. He's faced a lot of the top receivers in big game situations. He probably had the best game of the two Clemson cornerbacks last year in the national championship game. Um, He's performed really well in that way because he's good at the contact point with the receiver. He's going to be really patient when they play off-man coverage. And LSU's receivers – you know, especially, you know, Jordan, you know, Justin Jefferson and, and Jamar Chase, they're really good fade route players. And Joe Burrow has a lot of trust in those guys to put it up there and just let them go up and go after it. So this is going to be the most fun matchup probably is when they do that at the sidelines. And Terrell's going to be good at rerouting fades. He's going to get chest to chest with those guys, pin the defender to the sideline, and he's very good at using his hands. So it's going to be a challenge for the outside receivers there, but they're going to be up for it. I mean, um, because at one point, too, he's a little late sometimes to jump for the ball. As good as he is at getting position, when it comes time to actually go up and win it, facing a guy like Jamar Chase or, or Jefferson, that's going to be a real challenge for him um, because both those guys are so strong against contact, and Burrow does – have that pinpoint accuracy and that willingness to be bold and throw those types and make those type of throws as well as, you know, throw the crossing route, um, you know, with pinpoint accuracy and where those guys are going to have, if they're playing man, are going to have to chase those receivers across the field. And that's always a tough assignment, no matter how fast your cornerbacks are. Um, And then, you know, from a, from a zone standpoint, if, you know, they play a, a fair bit of zone. He's also, Terrell's pretty good as a zone route player. But what's interesting is the guy who's probably going to be picked on, I think, is going to be Darian Kendrick. And Darian Kendrick was a five star wide receiver. Now, he's a first year cornerback, he has a ton of speed. And one of the things that he does well, you could see against Ohio State. You know, he he's really good at anticipating the correct route based on looking at the alignment of the offense. He has the hits to stay with receivers on timing routes. He'll jump routes pretty well. Um, he picked off, he nearly picked off a couple of passes against Ohio State, um, you know, in, in the semifinal. And he has ex- excellent makeup speed. Um, but, you know, he's still learning the position. So there's times that you're going to see him in situations where he's just late to flip his hips, doesn't really have the um, – he gets a little grabby and he's going to reroute guys. Um, or, I mean, basically grab on the guys and be in a situation where he may force some penalties. And I think a savvy receiver like Jefferson and a physical quick one like Jace and Marshall are really going to challenge Kendrick's ability to play clean football. And if they if they call this rather tight, and the officials do, you may see K- Kendrick give up some big plays either through penalties and then he has to be a little bit more cautious. And, you know, so – 
from a from a matchup standpoint, these guys are the cornerbacks and the receivers are pretty even. But I think Kendrick is the guy that's going to get picked on, and then you know at the same time Terrell's going to get a chance to really challenge, you know, two of the top fade players um, in college football right now. That is really interesting, uh, Matt, and a good point. Um, I'm curious, out of the Ohio, uh, the LSU receivers, which one are you most impressed with? Or if you rank those guys, how would you kind of rank them? Yeah, I think for now, you know, Jordan, you know, Justin Jefferson's one of my favorite receivers in this draft class, period. And I think a lot of it has to do with as good as he is at the catch point and being physical, you can use him out of the slot. So he's he's versatile. You can play him really, I think, at all three positions at flanker, the X as well, you know, as split end as well as the as well as the slot. He's and he has a, a nice skill not only for being able to run routes in the middle of the field and get open in the red zone and he can be both physical and technical, but he's also a guy that has a lot of rapport with Joe Burrow. And and I think he's the type of guy that's going to have a really long career in the league um, because of the fact that you can use him as versatile as you as say teams you know like the the Rams are able to use Robert Woods in a really versatile way and I think Jefferson's a more physical player than what you get from Robert Woods. Uh, what about when they go inside? Because it seems like when I've been watching LSU, a lot of times they've been throwing those fades to Jefferson when he's in at the slot position, how does that change things? Yeah, that's a good, you have, that's a really astute observation. And, and, you know, I would even recommend, cause I want to give some where credits watch a ton of games, studying project prospects individually. But oftentimes, you know, when I get a chance to try and watch a number of games where I just want to look at scheme there's some guys I like to go to that are uh, that do some really great breakdowns. And one guy in particular who I would just want to recommend to people out there is a guy by the name of Murph Baldwin, who covers a lot of SEC and ACC. And you can find him at Murph Baldwin on Twitter. And he has a YouTube channel called Top Villain, which is just fantastic schematic breakdowns. And I just want to give him credit because some of the stuff that I'm talking about here, I've I've had a chance to be able to watch a little bit from – just following him over the over the weeks while I do you know I do the scouting breakdowns I like to get a chance to have someone kind of give me the cliff notes on the on the schematics so that I can get a chance get an easier chance of looking at these guys in detail and one of the things that you know that's talked about a lot is what you just brought up is that this you know the, the inside passing game is where LSU really wants to go um, they love to drive this offense through the slot receivers because they know that they can get great matchups. And the way they do that oftentimes is that they'll bunch receivers up and then they'll, sh- uh, and then they'll, um, either stack them, you know, two by two on either side or they'll have three on one side and, and then oftentimes they'll shift the running back outside to an empty set. And sometimes that running back may not be a running back. It could be a wide receiver they had out there. They shift him to where they want him to go, so where he's matched up against a safety or and then maybe wind up with a, a tight end against a linebacker. And their tight end's no normal tight end. We've talked about Thaddeus Moss, you know, Randy Moss's son, who's, you know, tall, long, long, tall drink of water who can go up and win the ball. And you know, they will often force linebackers or safeties to cover 
um, the player that they want him them to be mismatched against. And while you know Isaiah Simmons is an excellent talent, he's great at being able to make plays as a as a run player, as a blitzer, as a zone defender. And he's and he was a safety in high school, I believe, or played a lot of safety, and he still plays a fair bit of safety for um, Clemson in certain sets. He's good at covering zone, but asking him to flip his hips and cover, you know, Jefferson or Chase or even Moss is going to be a real challenge, and it's going to be a mismatch in favor of LSU if they can do that. Um, and so you look at that, and you're going to see LSU go to these empty empty set looks out of bunch to create that. And I think Jefferson is the guy, like you said, who's going to work from the slot, read the leverage of the linebackers. He's really good at where they, they run plays where he gets option routes and he just basically reads where the linebacker is and either cuts inside outside or will work downfield um, based on who he's matched up against. And you're going to see that a lot. And then they're going to be matched up also against Tanner Muse, who we haven't talked about, but, you know, as a safety at Clemson, Muse is really fast. He has great straight line makeup speed. And even when he gets beat, you'll see him in the play when it comes to, you know, being able to recover and try and get it on the play. But the thing is, is that when you're facing guys like this wide receiving core that we've talked about, He's gonna get he's gonna get beat trying to turn his hips and run with these guys when they when when they run a good route you know when they try and cross when they cross his face or they they bang inside and then work back to the outside and force him to turn his hips he's he doesn't do that really well so it's gonna be one of those deals where he may look like he's made it close but the reason Joe Burrow's targeting those guys over his head is because of the fact that he has great anticipation and accuracy and those guys won, you know, early on in the stem. And if Clemson tries to threaten a blitz, you know, and Clemson does this a lot, you'll see that Clemson will use a six man front at the beginning. And then they'll use, they'll have a couple of linebackers who they'll have drop off, you know, at the snap, but they'll cover every gap up front and threaten a blitz. And you'll see that what has, what happens is that, They'll leave Muse, safety, Nolan Turner, and then use Simmons as a safety, and those guys will be one-on-one playing off-man coverage. And the problem is is that LSU has pretty much whipped every team they've faced that plays off-man or coverage in these types of sets because you've got to press these guys. You've got to be physical against them and slow them down. If you don't, they're, they're going to whip you with these types of matchups. So if Clemson plays play in the past, LSU is going to really pose a huge threat to them on offense for big plays. Yeah, it should be should be really interesting um, to see how that unfolds. Um, before we get to Clemson and when they have the ball, I did want to mention that you can absolutely uh, – I've mentioned this on some of the other podcasts, but if you ever want me – to do a video for you guys for any type of shout out. I'm on Cameo, the Cameo app. So just go ahead to Cameo. I'll give you a shout out for whatever. I think it's like 25 bucks. And uh, I've been doing a bunch of them for listeners. So they're really fun. If you want something for a birthday or fantasy football, 
I'll pretty much say whatever you want to say. A lot of them seem to be me making fun of people for the losing in fantasy football or what have you. So it's the Cameo app if you want me to do that. And if you're already wanting to make sure you don't get behind for Valentine's Day, there is no better gift than MyFrontPageStory.com. You will get a reporter to write about your significant other. You talk to them for 10 minutes. They write an unbelievable story. You get it framed like it's on the cover of the newspaper. And I'm just telling you right now, she will cry tears of joy when she sees what you say about her. Let's get on, Matt, now to when Clemson has the ball. And I got to tell you, he is a lot more athletic in terms of Trevor Lawrence than I thought he would be. I did the U.S. Army Bowl a couple years ago when he was in it, and I thought he was a good athlete, but I didn't think he'd be running for like a 60-yard touchdown against Ohio State. And I also didn't really think Clemson would use him like that, but they, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures, and they certainly used him as a running threat more than Ohio State used Justin Fields. Your thoughts, Matt, on Trevor Lawrence and when he has the ball, especially maybe in the running game. Yeah, it's a great setup for that because, man, watching that Ohio State game, and there's one of those plays where you watch him work up the middle and then basically make a jump cut away from one, um, I believe it was one safety, and then slide over and make another one uh, against the next one to his left. And to see him make those types of moves, I mean, that's better than a lot of running backs that you'll see in terms of, you know, the agility that he showed. And so, you know, what Clemson did a lot, you know, that week is they run a, a lead draw play. And so what they do is Lawrence gets to handle the kind of a, a, a read to Travis at the end, their running back, who's just, you know, such a fantastic speedster in his own right. Um, and we're going to talk more about him in a minute, but They'll use him, you know, either to hand it to him or they'll use him as a lead blocker with Lawrence working behind him. And so he and Lawrence has shown, I mean, he not only has the vision to follow his blockers, he also has the vision to really veer away from the design of the play where he can find a bounce out or cutback for even bigger gains. And so he's really going to test guys like Patrick Queen, the, the linebacker, and Jordan Phillips who are excellent linebackers, but they haven't faced an athlete on this type of level, you know, working this type of play where they have to account for the running back as well as what Lawrence can do on his own. And then Grant Delpit, obviously, who, you know, I've gushed about his skills. Those three guys are going to be key in defending Lawrence in that area. But they're also going to test LSU not only with this lead draw, but they'll also use a counter play where they'll run the, a quarterback counter play where the center pulls, the guard and the tackler are going to pin inside, and then the H-back for Clemson is going to work across. And Lawrence is often going to run this play as a runner, but he'll also pull up and throw the ball so he can hit Travis Etienne, who also gets an option route. So he can either run it inside, outside, or go up the seam. And they were able to get a nice gain to Etienne against Ohio State with this type of play. So it's going to really force these linebackers to play discipline and really account for a number of different options that are just difficult to deal with because of the fact that Lawrence is such a good runner on his own and showed that la you know in the last game as well as what they know Etienne can do. So it's going to give a really nice test to the All-American Delpit, 
as well as Phillips, who are just excellent defensive players. And if they can stop that, um, that's going to be pretty interesting to see. But in addition to that, they also use, you know, a, 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 like a peel back screen where they'll run four vertical routes. Um, but then what is the design of it is just to throw back to the running back. So it, it also gives you kind of an, uh, a sense of, you know, a, a bit of a, a running game type of play at the line of scrimmage, even though it's just a short throw. And those three plays, you know, based on what Lawrence can do as a runner, as well as what Etienne can do as a runner and a receiver, are really going to be big tests for, you know, Queen, Phillips, and Delpit. But I think, you know, Phillips and Delpit will be up to the challenge. I think that that's where they may have the edge here, but it's going to be awful close. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that, that matchup in particular should be interesting. Who, do you have a comparison for either Lawrence or ATN at the next level, Matt? Do they remind you of anybody? Not, Lawrence, not, not quite yet. You know, I'm still kind of making my way through how, I, you know, where I'm at with him. But, you know, obviously he is a triple threat. I mean, runner, receiver, I mean, runner and runner and passer, really good tight window passer. Um, you know, I'm still kind of getting a feel for how intuitive he is of a player in terms of his decision-making. Um, but at the end, I mean, I think he's a guy, you know, I think he's, I think he's what people thought CJ Spiller could become, you, you know, and you know, it's, it's an easy comparison since they're both similar alums, but Etienne, I think is, um, you know, shows a little bit more patience and discipline between the tackles, though he still has some of that. I'm fast, so I can outrun everybody to the boundary um, type of mentality. But I think that he's he's become better as a receiver. He's improved over the course of this year. So I think he's kind of more of what people hope they get from C.J. Spiller throughout his career. As for Delpit, some people felt like he dropped off a little bit this year. Did you see that at all? Or what do you think of Delpit at the next level? Yeah, I mean, I think that probably – Delpit didn't surprise anybody this year. And, you know, they LSU did play some quality teams and some, you know, with some terrific receivers. So I think that, you know, teams are probably a little bit were a little bit more ready for what to expect from Delpit. Um, but I expect this guy to I, I mean, I think that this guy is maybe not Charles Woodson, the next Charles Woodson, but he has the type of skills that I think that he can give a team something in the neighborhood of what Charles Woodson did. Uh, he's one of my favorite players in this draft. Um, I didn't see enough to look at him and say, Ooh, he had a major drop off. I think if anything, teams were just a little bit more ready in, in a way where, you know, he caught people a little bit more by surprise, you know, earlier in his career, I think in a way where teams have seen enough film on him to know either to avoid him or where they can test him and match him up. Cause I mean, he's not a man to man type of player. You don't want him used in that regard, but there are going to be some teams that are going to match him up that way. So um, yeah, overall I'm, you know, I still look at him and I think that if you have a chance to get a guy like him where he can play safety and give you some work, you know, in a cornerback type of capacity in certain looks, you know, he can be, he can be a really dynamic option for you on defense. Finally, Clemson has some pretty darn good receivers as well. T. Higgins, Justin Ross, Amari Rogers. How do you see them matching up with Fulton, the talented true freshman Derek Stingley, and Grant Delpit? 
Yeah, I mean, this is just as fun of a matchup as what we started with when we talked about LSU's receivers with Clemson's um, defensive backs because, you know, Fulton's a really disciplined guy, really smooth. Um, you know, Stingley is someone that still has to work at his positioning one-on-one so that he doesn't get really uh, – he gets slightly out of position in ways where he can give up some bigger plays. Um, and he bites a little bit early, but he has great, um, you know, great recovery speed. And he's someone that, that is still for a, for really a freshman, he's playing like he's a a junior or senior. I mean, on a lot of levels. So, you know, what you're going to see here is you got the physical Justin Ross, who's just kind of smooth and gliding, but also can be physical and, and win, you know, at the catch point in terms of the way that Chase and Jordan um, or and Justin Jefferson can. And then T. Higgins is, you know, you know, really, really good player in tight coverage who can also win the ball, and, you know, on those boundary plays and, you know, has is kind of like a, you know, a, a possession receiver who can also win on deeper vertical routes. And I think that those guys are obviously going to test you know, those outside corners pretty well. Um, but I think that also you're going to see the, the, the real guy there that I think that is going to be the key in this game is going to be Amari Rogers. You know, Amari Rogers had an ACL tear last year or earlier this year, I guess. And he came back um, and he is, you know, he's just so skilled in the open field. He's so skilled after the catch. He has great short area movement. I mean, in the way that you watch him against Ohio State, and he just basically crossed over on Jeffrey Okuda, just facing down on him on a on basically an over route or crossing route where he worked from one shoulder to the next, and Okuda was just left grabbing air. and And he's also physical, so he can run through contact. And he's someone that I think you're going to see the you know Clemson run a lot of routes that match him up in, in in holes in their zone, either, you know, outside or behind these linebackers um, or in situations where he can work across and, and beat a cornerback. And, and Lawrence is so skilled at being able to maneuver the pocket. I mean, he has very efficient feet and he does a good job of working from his first to his second read. He can work from one side of the field to the other that I think a guy like Rogers being able to work across the field and then having Lawrence buy time and then some of these concepts that they're using where that they can fake the run and buy the time for the receiver to work across. If Rogers gets the ball, he's going to test the tackling skills of especially queen. I think that's who they're going to try and target is on Queen's side, getting Rogers behind him or in that area. Um, but, you know, he's going to test, he's going to test queen. He's going to test Delpit as well as, you know, Phillips and Phillips is very good at his zone drop. So Phillips is able to stop this and hold this off. It's going to be a, um, that's going to be a big deal, but you know, that's the, that's going to be the fun thing with this because I think if Phillips and Delpit are good enough to make a big play, if, if each of them make a big play, I think LSU wins this game, right. You know, pretty much handily. If one of them makes a big play, I think it gives them a slight edge but I think if they fail to stop these looks, um, I think it's going to come down to which offense has the ball last in this game. Should be interesting. And you like Amari Rogers a lot, obviously. Yeah. 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 I mean, this is, he's a, you know, he's a physical player and he's a, he's really good after the catch. And I think there's a, 
he has some uses, you know, in terms of what he can do in open space. Um, and, and he's someone that, you know, I want to see a little bit more from him in terms of specific routes, but as we saw with DK Metcalf, this, uh, you know, the Sunday is that he's a guy who, you know, you can, you know, you, you don't have to run every route in the route tree to be a really effective NFL player. You can be really good at a selected number of routes and, and really offer. And if you have, you offer a physical mismatch, you can be a high end contributor. And I think Amari Rogers has a certain role and to be played at the very least like that. Love it, Matt. I love breaking down those matchups with you. We are now totally prepared, ready to go for the college football national championship Monday night. Go Tigers. And if we want to bet on the game, we'll go over to betonline.ag. We'll use the promo code podcast one. We'll get a 50% 5-0 welcome bonus, which is awesome, which everybody should want in life. Why not? 50% welcome bonus just for using the code podcast one. What could possibly be better than that? Answer nothing. 50% welcome bonus. Betonline.ag. Bet on the game. Why not? It makes it more fun. See if they'll just let you bet on the Tigers. Guaranteed win. Nothing wrong with that. Already have the Fantasy Feast podcast posted for this week thanks to uh, joe dolan coming on on monday today we had albert breer who had great stuff on josh mcdaniels great stuff on what the deal is with tom brady and the patriots on today's ross tucker football podcast highly encourage you to listen to that we will have the even money podcast as well tomorrow other than that the keg is kicked and we are all tapped out Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.